Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod. Where decks are not optimized, better plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. That, that he is. Uh, and today, much like last week, because this week, this season's all wacky. Uh, we, we've got a deck tale. And, uh, we, we, we have a Bruce, a Bruce deck. But not last week's Bruce deck. Because that was Andy's Bruce deck. This is a, a Bruce, uh, Bruce Bruce deck. It is. It is. Gorm and Virtus. Gorm and Virtus. Gorm and Virtus. Yeah. Um, part of me just wanted to put together, I had yet to build any deck with partner. And I thought rather than building two, you know, finding two commanders that just both have partner and jamming them together or finding a combination that worked, I thought I would go with one of the partner with commanders. Um, and Gorman Virtus was one of the ones that I had had on my radar for quite some time because I like creature combat. Uh, I like uh, our play group is very combat oriented. So uh, I thought this would be, what a great pair. Um, for those who don't know, uh, it is Gorm the Great and Virtus the Veiled. Let's talk about Gorm the Great first. He is the Great. Um, so for three and a green, uh, he is a legendary creature, giant warrior, partner with Virtus the Veiled. Uh, Gorm has Vigilance, and Gorm the Great must be blocked if able, and Gorm, and Gorm must be blocked by two or more creatures if able. By the way, he is a 2-7. So goes, goes right in a, a tree folk deck. Yes. A, trunk of a man uh, definitely well i mean just take one look at the size of those shields and yeah yeah um the whole i think the whole idea here is that he is he's quasi lure so if you swing with gorm uh, your opponent if they have two or more creatures have to block with at least two of them or have to block with two of them um if they only have one creature they have to block gorm with that creature so knowing that it's hardly a surprise that Virtus the Veiled gets some kind of benefit when he gets in unblocked. So Virtus the Veiled, it's two, he is two and a black, a legendary creature, Azra Assassin. He partners with Gorm the Great. Uh, Virtus has Death Touch. He's a 1-1 one, one creature. Whenever Virtus the Veiled deals, Veiled deals combat damage to a player, that player loses half their life rounded up. Whoa. So... Um, so Virtus, assuming he's getting through on your opponent and your opponent hasn't taken any damage yet, the opponent at 40 goes down to 39 and then they lose half their life rounded up. Um, hmm. In other words, they go to 19 because they're going to lose 10 more. So on that first swing, if Gormus can hit, if, if, sorry, if Virtus hits, you're looking at, uh, they're looking at losing 20 life right off the bat. Um, this is a powerful combo if you can make it work. Um, and that's what this deck is all about, is trying to make it work. So, yeah. Um, I I really like it. I like, I'm, I'm a big fan of partner with, um, especially yeah. over partner, because I, I do feel like, the the fun is in the the like relatedness of the the mechanics right. 
Um, and let's and, be honest, partner with means that they can make the cards a little bit more powerful because they know you're only working it. You know, it, the commander, if you're going to use a partner, it has to be that one. So they don't have to worry about, uh, you know, partnering Gorm. If it was just, if Gorm just had partner, maybe you find a different creature that's that's far, that, that's more powerful than Virtus mm. and, par and just have him partner with that. The idea that he partners with Virtus means that you can... You get a certain. You get a, the wizards gets a lot more control in, in far as as far as what they can do with the cards. So initially, when I built the deck, the idea was, let's ramp these guys, get them out as early as we can, swing with both, mm. and then, you know, my opponent will have to block Gorm. Virtus gets through un, undamaged and does a, a massive pile of damage. Now, admittedly. As you get closer to zero, that number of the damage that Virtus does goes down, but you still get there. I mean, you're still doing the damage. It's 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 still effective. And I thought, okay, I'll do this. I'm going to give this a try. Uh, and then as I was putting the deck together, uh, I reread Gorm. And Gorm's ability is not lure. And for those of you who don't know lure, uh, Gorm does not force all of your opponent's creatures to block Gorm. Gorm only forces two of them, up to two of them, to block. So if your opponent has three creatures, Gorm demands that two of them block Gorm, but then you still have one left, that opponent still has one left to block Virtus. Now, Virtus does have Death Touch, but Virtus is a 1-1. One, one. It's going to kill that creature, but it's going to die, but, but Virtus is going to die, I'm not even sure if it's him. I think I'm not sure. Either way, Virtus is going to die. So, uh, so then you're forced to pay their um, pay their their commander tax mm. to bring it to bring them back out. And now we're talking about you know suddenly it's not as effective, especially as you get into the late game, because you're doing less damage, and the likelihood that your opponents have now now have multiple blockers out goes way up. Um, especially when they realize that what Virtus and Gorm do. Um, if you realize that, then your opponent can sit there with three token creatures and then they're fine. They know they can block Virtus. That's, that's not particularly fun. So um, I recognize this early on in the build. So then I started putting in a lot more other ways to, to make Gorm, you know, a little more helpful. Or to find ways where Virtus doesn't necessarily need Gorm there. Make if I can make Virtus unblockable, or you know, however else I can find ways to do that. I mean, in the end, the goal of the deck is to hit with Virtus as often as possible. Mm. The deck says Gorm and Virtus. Eh, Gorm gets significantly overshadowed here. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I've of the games that I've played, I've had one game where getting them both out and swinging with both was truly effective uh, and it worked really well. Um, but of the other games, out of all the other games, <clears throat> it's just Virtus, swing, Virtus, Virtus and you find a way to get Virtus in, um, how, however you end up doing that. So that's pretty much the, the deck is just, it's straight up combat damage. There's, there's not a whole lot of other tricks to it. So Yeah, just get them through and 
figure it out. Right. You know? Um, I like that it, it does it does that, you know? Um, I, oh. I don't think I've ever seen this game this deck in action, but um, from the the things that you've told me, um, it it does like even if it doesn't do the thing right away, because um, I mean, like with Virtus to like be like really efficient, it's either got to be early or fairly late game where life totals are relatively low anyway. Right um, now. The difficulty with that I found with the deck is okay. So first off, the deck wins more than half of the games it plays, and Whoa. in our play group, that's that's a lot. That's a lot for most play groups because if your deck wins over half the time and there's four players in your group, it's winning way more often than it should. The key with with this deck I find is take the early hit when you can get it, but a lot of times. Don't go too crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't want to get too far out. Um, You don't want the... I really don't want this deck to make a name for itself as, ooh, this is the deck that hits hard really fast. We got to go after it. Because for the most part, when you're doing combat damage, you know, Virtus only hits one player at a time. Right. So even if I can do it on four consecutive turns, we're now talking turn seven or eight. And all I've done is put everybody down to round 20. That's not helpful. <laughs> I mean, that's halfway. And we're already out to turn seven or eight. So there has to be more than just that. You, you know, your opponents have to be moving and attacking each other and doing all that stuff. You have to be just part of the game. It can't just be, you know, Verta swinging in and trying to kill somebody off. It just, that's, that's a lot to ask. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I don't want to be keyed up. What do you think is the, like... Because, like, I mean, you look at these two creatures and you're not, like... Like, nothing about it seems, like, that threatening. Like, it's got the quietest spike thing, but, like... Yeah. It's... Like like you said, like that still leaves your opponent at 20. Um, right. Is, is it the death touch that really hits home for the playgroup, or... It's, that's the interesting part, is that the group doesn't see this as super threatening. And I think people have under, people are now sort of understanding. It's just, it doesn't, it, it can't do it by itself. It's not threatening, it, does, it just wins it, most games. <laughs> it, well, yes, but at the same time, it's like I look at games where I've seen opponents play quiet as spike on a creature. Right. Everybody goes nuts. Yeah. Because oh my god, half my life total. I fl- when I flip over Gorman Virtus as my commanders to start a game, nobody's like, "Oh my god, he's got quiet as spike in the command zone." No for 3 that. mana. <laughs> for 3 mana. And, you know, and if you hit it right, you know, get that arcane signet out you could be swinging early and you know there there are ways to get this th- to get it going i mean soul ring turn one turn two virtus turn three you swing and t- do 20 damage because on turn three at least one of your opponents doesn't have a creature out right and like i've, I've had virtus, that yeah i've had that with my bruce deck and like it 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 is just i mean like you know as we were talking about last week like 
Bruce and Kettis, like it really does just impact the the board entirely. But with Virtus, it's right. like like it's a lot. Like good thing that that doesn't count as commander damage. I mean, because mostly it's not damage, but it's right. also not combat damage. Uh, right. I I think that a lot of what's happening is I think people are looking at this and saying. I can stop this. All you need is three creatures. Mm. Three creatures is all it takes. And people start looking at this going, as long as I don't get hit first, then I've got my defense up and I'll be fine. And sometimes, some games that's true. And other games, it's not. Um, and that sort, of, that sort of drops us kind of into what we're looking at. Um, I've got, I like. I've got a, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just looking at the uh, one of the one of the slots I have listed is called getting through. That's yeah. That's what I was about to bring up because now, I feel like like you're you're saying now like okay like if I had three creatures you know then I don't have to worry about it. But Archfiend of Depravity, uh, yeah, really kind of is not counterintuitive there, but it uh it helps solidify that they won't ever have three creatures unless they've got you know tokens that can be made through activations or flash or whatever right the card like archfiend of depravity it's it's built for this deck like yeah you give your opponents two creatures well look at that gorm forces them to block gorm so virtus gets through it I mean, I couldn't ask for a card that more fits the deck than Archfiend of Depravity. That it's just it's tailor made for this, and it also lets your opponents keep uh, keep their two best creatures. And you would be surprised most of the time, that's more than enough mm. for your opponents. Uh, I just played. I just had a game last week with Arch with Archfiend of Depravity out, and I watched each of my opponents as we went around the board. One person sacrificed nothing. The other person sacrificed six of their creatures. Five of them were token creatures. And another person only had one creature out. So the Archfiend hit one person and only took out their tokens. It, but with Gorm and Virtus out, great. Come my next turn, I get my choice. Who do I want to knock it? Who do I, whose life total do I want to knock it back down? And yeah. So That's um, pretty nuts. It is. So the other one is uh, another card in that group is Douthy Embrace. And I don't know, I don't remember if we featured this on Temple's Treasures, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did because <clears throat> Douthy Embrace is, uh, it's for two and a black. It's an enchantment. It's from, uh, it's from Tempest. Mm -hmm. So it's way back there. Uh, and it reads for black, black. Target creature gains shadow until the end of the turn. Nobody, yeah. right? Nobody is playing with shadow creatures anymore. They just aren't. So, you give Virtus shadow. Virtus goes through unblocked because nobody else is playing a shadow creature. You're fine. You get through. It it it's, gives him. It makes him unblockable. Um, and you know, there's a few other benefits. The Delphi Embrace. You can use that on your opponent's creatures. So if an opponent has one blocker, you could give it shadow, so that way it can't block when other people are swinging. So or if they have three creatures, 
if they have three creatures, you give one of them shadow, and then you can use Gorman Virtus if you Amazing. want. However you uh, want to use it. And for those who don't know, shadow means this creature, uh, a creature with shadow can block or be blocked by only creatures with shadow. Right. So uh, it's it's kind of two ways, unblockable but unblockable. <laughs> can't, can't block uh, and unblockable. Right. Um, now which for, is awesome. Right. And for Virtus, it's only until the end of the turn. Right. So you know, if you want to use it some other way you can certainly do that it's got that flexibility and in a deck like this where the the goal is to revert us to do damage you want ways to get him through Delphi Embrace is one of those ways um, the other one in that list is Whisper Silk Cloak classic I mean that's yeah it's yeah. classic it's pretty obvious um, it has Shroud but for the most part I'm happy with just just Whisper Silk Cloak on Virtus that's mm. kind of enough you get through. Um, now, there's only three there, but I should mention in the land section, uh, Rogue's Passage is there. Of course. Another classic. Um, and Shizo Death's Storehouse. Mm. Uh, for a black and tap, target legendary creature gains fear until the end of the turn. Okay. Not 100% foolproof, but... Mostly. Only yeah, only black and artifact creatures yeah. can stop it. So I mean, compared to <clears throat> compared to the the five mana that Rogue's Passage needs, uh, right. Shizo is just two. I mean, just two it so. and one. But right. And uh, the other one I included was Access Tunnel, um, and this card is relatively new to me. I mean, I'm sure that others have seen it hundreds of times already. But um, for Access Tunnel, it's essentially Rogue's Passage, but uh, instead of paying four, you pay three. And it only works when the target creature with a power three or less. Right. Uh, so in this case, Virtus is almost always a one-one. There are times when he gets pumped a little bit, but almost never above th never above right. three. So it's, the access tunnel just works. It's hardly relevant. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I'm not trying that's to make great. Gorm big. I'm not trying to make Virtus big. Right. I'm just trying to do. I just need to do one damage. Yeah. And then we work from there. So, um, but yeah, so those are some of the options as far as, you know, ways to get Virtus through. So, um, let's see. Your ramp package seems pretty standard. Uh, the ramp package is pretty standard. There's only two pieces in there that I think are at all relevant. Um, Temp with Discovery. Yeah. It lets you search for a land card. So, this way, I can go in and get Shizu, or I can get the access tunnel, or whatever. Um, right. And I probably, I'm probably going to get to get at least two lands because certainly somebody else will also search for a land, which lets me search. Then lets me search for two. It's just going to happen. People are not going to give up the value, and they eventually, if you're lucky enough, and the first person you ask, the first person you ask caves and goes for the land. Everybody goes for the land because now suddenly nobody wants to be behind. Mm. So works for me. Um, more importantly, though, Sword of the Animist. Uh, this is one when you equip it to Virtus um, because when a crypt creature attacks, you may search your library for a basic land, put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. 
you're planning to attack with Virtus. That's yeah. that's the whole reason. Vir yeah. Virtus is not out there as a blocker. Virtus is out there to swing. So Lord of the Animist is a good one for him. Um, and Bear Umbra is the other one that, I, that I'm sort of thinking about. Enchanted Creature gets plus two, plus two, and has whenever this creature attacks, untap all lands you control. So all of your land, so you can do stuff before you do combat. Swing with Virtus, all your lands untap. You do three points of damage with Virtus, and then you cut their life in half, assuming mm. you actually hit the opponent. Um, and as totem armor, um, yes. which is relevant. I mean, it, you know, it definitely is. I mean, I think it's always relevant, but, uh, you know, with Virtus, like, you, like it is, I feel like, the classic example of a creature that you never don't want to attack because yeah. uh, it's either going to kill something or do its thing. And I think in most cases, like, it, it either option is pretty good. Uh, Granted, you know, you could just be killing off a 1-1 one, one as Virtus dies. But, you know, if right. if, if you're even killing a 2-2 two, two, um, and you have Bear Umbra, like, the Bear Umbra falls off, sure. But, like, you're doing, like, you're progressing the board, um, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And, like I said, I think the rest of the ramp package is pretty standard stuff. Yeah. Um, I like I the uh, Black Market in there, but I don't worry about it too much. Yeah, Black Market is kind of there a bit as a lightning rod, but like if you can do anything with it, then it's already paid itself off. I mean, Black Market and and uh, Archfiend uh, of Depravity are like, you know, best buds in this deck. Yes. Yes, they are. And I will say, Black Mar I continue to use Black Market because my games are combat-based, so you're going to see more creatures die. And my games take long. My games tend to go longer than most game, than most games. Yeah. Our meta, our meta is a little slower than than the average meta. So, um, you know, if your games are over by turn ten, black market maybe isn't what you're looking for. Just because you need five mana to play it out, and then you don't get any benefit until the next until your next main phase on the you know on your next turn. So you're looking at turn seven, eight, nine before it actually starts paying off. So yeah. Um, and it I think with the yeah, and I think the thing with black market too is that it's always it's it's risky, depending on your meta. Um, yeah, and I feel like uh, your meta, especially, a doesn't really value enchantment removal as much as it should, um, but also like is more worried about things that will affect their board than. Yeah. give you a lot of mana um yeah which like is also dangerous uh <laughs> oh yes but oh <laughs> excuse me i think the thing with black market that is probably the biggest downfall in this deck is that it makes black mana yeah and this is a extremely green deck um, yeah like oh yeah, it definitely it definitely leans green wise. Um, like you're going to be using a lot of this black mana as generic costs. Oh yes, uh, but you know definitely and honestly, there's uh, there's nowhere. Well, I'm not sure there's nowhere. There are very few um, outlets for extra mana. Yeah. So it's not as though you, you know if you. If you happen to get black market out before a mass removal spell and suddenly you've got 10 counters on it, 
there isn't that X spell that's going to let you use up all that mana. So there's a good chance that you're going to be, um, you know, maybe not using all of it. But on the other hand, when you've got cards like um, Sword of the Animist or Whisper Silk Cloak, um, some of these other, you know, and some of the other pieces of equipment that you want to move back and forth, um, you know, you'll, uh, it, it, you know, you'll find ways to use up the mana. So. For sure. Yep. Um, especially when you have things like Breaker of Armies, uh, um, which I think uh, flows right into the next section of lure type stuff. Yes. Like you had mentioned that uh, Gorm is essentially lure, um, which for those who don't know is a an enchant creature, so an aura uh, for green, green one. It says all creatures able to block enchanted creature. What? Oh, do so. Sorry. Yeah. Finish reading, Andy. Um, <laughs> and I, I, it's it's important here to make the distinction that Gorm is worse than Lure. Like, you can put Lure on Gorm to make Gorm better. Um, right. And with Gorm, it's, you know, it has to, it's essentially got Menace, unless you can only block with one. Um, right. It's it's very weird and convoluted. Lure, I feel like, is very straightforward. Of like, if you can block, you have to block with everything that can right. block. Um, right, and that's what you want. That's what you really want from Gorm. Yeah. So a lot of times, I mean, like a card like Lure or even uh, Gift of the Deity, you're going to want to put that on Gorm. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it just makes Gorm better, and it makes Gorm do what you really wanted Gorm to do anyway. You want Gorm to go charging in and take the full hit. That's the yeah. whole point. That's the whole idea. Gorm, big, uh, draws the crowd, and Virtus slips around the back to do one one little point of damage. Who would worry about Virtus? Um, I do love, too, but, that with... Uh... With lore and gift of the deity, like, like sure, Gorm is a two seven. Is that what he was? Yeah. And like you know, seven toughness is a lot. Sometimes Gorm won't die, and that's great for you. Like yes. if if Gorm doesn't die in combat, wonderful. If he does, right. oh well. You've got plenty of other creatures in this deck that will gladly you know, be the target for gifted the deity and lore type stuff. Um, yeah. Or Nemesis Mask. Nemesis Mask is nuts because Gorm will eventually die. Right. And then when he comes back, he can pick up the mask again. Um, yeah. Well, and great. more importantly, when Gorm dies, someone else can pick up the mask. Mm. I mean, you know, uh, Gerard, Mazarek, they can all carry, they can all hold that mask. Mazarek less so because if Mazarek flies, but uh, you know, pick your pick your other creature. Um, I personally like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna run Nemesis Mask, then I want to run Gliss of the Traitor. Yeah, that you know, uh, nothing like first strike death touch on a Nemesis Mask. Um, it's rude, right? All the creatures must block. Glissa does three points of damage. One, one, and one kill three of those creatures. And if more creatures are coming at you, well, all right then. 
you know, then the the fourth creature might kill Glissa. Yeah. Glissa does have the three toughness. But that's the sort of thing. I mean, the Nemesis Mask and and Lure and and some of these other cards, they can all be put on any of these creatures. The key to remember, though, is that don't put it on a creature with evasion. You don't want to put your Lure on a flyer because then only the flyers have to block. Mm. And suddenly, Virtus isn't getting the kind of protection that Virtus thought Virtus was going to get. Um, so it's just it's something to keep in mind. But um, yeah, I yeah, that's part of the reason why Gliss is out there in the first place. It's, For sure. That's um, the kind of uh, lure target you want. Uh, with that, let's quickly take a break. Um, we'll come back. We'll talk about your indestructible stuff. We'll talk about uh, you know your experience with this deck. Sure. Um, some of the other interesting notes and uh, where you think you'll be going with this deck. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of Falsebot is brought to you by Gift of Doom. What a crappy gift. <laughs> this episode of Temple of Falsebot is brought to you by Gift of Doom. Perfect gift to re-gift. Welcome back. Took a nice long break so I could go get my laundry. Oh, More information than you need. We're gonna say a piece of uh, our, our 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 piece of a Kit Kat bar. Oh yeah, I could go for a Kit Kat. I haven't had Kit Kat in a while. Um, well, we'll take a break after the after the show. Uh, we're here talking about Gorm. Well, we're we're here talking about Virtus. Yeah, uh, we're talking about a green black Virtus deck that Gorm happens to be a part of. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we discussed during our break uh, how you kind of want. There were a few cards that we kind of glossed over uh, that we really want to make sure get into the episode. So I had mentioned Breaker of Armies, but then we went through the lore category, and I didn't even bring it back up. So Breaker of Armies is eight mana, ten eight. All creatures able to block Breaker of Armies do so. It's a nice Eldrazi that's big and does the lure thing. Right, and he doesn't have Annihilator. So you don't have to automatically hate him. Um, Because every Eldrazi that has Annihilator makes your games miserable. Mm. Don't run them. Nobody wants to see this. Nobody. Even you you will think this sucks very quickly. Um, however, break of armies, no annihilator, ten eight creature, swings, swing with Ver- with breaker of armies and Virtus, and trust me, breaker of armies is not the problem between those two swinging. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, I love the card. The other one um, is a sorcery that also draws you a card, which will inevitably inevitably bring us to go over your your card sure. draw. Uh, so if you want to talk about Irresistible Prey, yes, have Irresistible Prey is a sorcery, so keep that in mind. For one green, uh, target creature must be blocked this turn if able, draw a card. So you're never going to do this as a combat trick on somebody else's turn. It doesn't right. have that kind of flexibility. This is straight up, uh, you swing with a creature, 
uh, are you swing with something someone other than Virtus, you can use Irresistible Prey yeah. to force them to block that other to force them to use a creature to block that other creature. It's um, really mostly only notable if they have one untapped creature. The card is here because it draws a card and it's somewhat relevant to to what the deck is trying to do. It's a quasi lore effect. It, it it has that sort of thing. So that's why it's here. Um, with with some of these categories, like I mean, with the card draw category, and I'm in black and green. You can use the standard ones that hmm. you use, that that people use in every single deck. And hey, I have Phyrexian Arena in the deck. It's I'm not I'm hardly immune to this. But I saw an opportunity here to put something in that was a little bit different. That stiff that fit with the theme of the deck. So I went with it. Um, yeah. It's part of the reason why I've also got Infiltration Lens in the deck. Um, it's not the most efficient way to draw a card, but whenever equipped creature becomes blocked by a creature, you may you may draw two cards. Well, you equip this to Gorm. This is not one of those ones that you want to equip to Virtus. You, you want the creature to be blocked. So equip it to Gorm. And now... And then you get to draw two. Well, yeah. And if, you know, the the... If the... If the situation is right, where they do have the two creatures that have to block, you're going to be drawing four. Is it per creature? Yeah. Because it's not blocked by one or more creatures. It's blocked by a creature. So it's for each creature. Right. So you're getting at least four cards, and if you've got lure on something, the infiltration lens gets crazy. That's nuts. And I mean, that kind of goes, you know, along the same kind of lines as... uh, uh, benefactor's drought um which i mean yeah. is a pricey card but um you know for for two mana it's an instant that i guess you have to do this before blocks are declared right because otherwise like if you do it after blockers are declared like they're already yeah, blocking. it's already blocking yeah. yeah uh so benefactor's drought says uh untap all creatures until end of turn whenever a creature an opponent controls blocks draw a card and draw a card so it replaces itself immediately even if nothing gets blocked blocked right um, this is this one is nice i like this because of the obviously because of the card draw but it means Virtus untaps i love having death touch creatures untapped on opponents turns it is amazing how many people are not willing to trade make a one-for-one trade with a death touch creature i yeah. appreciate that Virtus is a one-one and I appreciate that you don't want to lose your 6-6 creature to my 1-1. But consider what Virtus does. If I am actually forced to block with Virtus on your 6-6, that's a huge loss for me. And I'm probably not going to do it. But most players see that death touch up and they don't want any part of it. It doesn't seem fair to them to lose their 6-6 to a 1-1, even if it has death touch, even if it's an essential card. They would rather find somebody else to do that and get their six damage in yeah there's a lot of dials on this card and i feel like the only one that is holding back is the fact that it says whenever a creature an opponent controls blocks like i feel like the only tuning that this could have to make it even more of a tuned card is to just say whenever a creature blocks i feel like that's the only thing holding this card back from being absolutely busted um it's it's a fun card it's nifty 
I don't think I've ever seen this card before, which is amazing. Yeah, um, and honestly, for only two mana, that's uh, pretty good. It's wildly flexible. Um, yeah. Um, the other one is Tome of Legends. Uh, this is a two mana artifact, and it says when it enters the battlefield, it enters the battlefield with a page counter on it. Whenever your commander enters the battlefield or attacks, put a page counter on Tome of Legends. So right off the bat, I thought I've got two commanders, both of them want to attack, and odds are Virtus is going to be removed, is going to be destroyed at least twice in the course of a game. So you could see four, you could see Tome of Legends come out with four counters on it. Um, and as far as the commanders attacking, both of them want to attack all the time. So I could in theory see two page counters getting put on this card every time it attacks. And then the other ability, spend one and tap it, remove a page counter from Tome of Legends, draw a card. I'm gonna draw a card every turn. It's gonna be an extra card draw every turn. With between Gorm and Virtus, there should be enough page counters on this thing that I should be able to turn the page every on each of my turns. So. Yeah, I I do like that it's got the 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 Titan uh, effect of enter or attack. Yeah, because um, if it was one or the other, it just like I don't know if it'd be worth it. But the fact that yeah, it's one, both, right? Nice. If it's one or the other, then I think it turns into a. Uh, Tome of the Legends belongs in a deck where that does a lot of flickering. Yeah. So you can bounce it, have it come back in, get a couple more counters, tap it, remove a counter, flicker it, have it come back again. Um, yeah. But it, in a deck like this, yeah, I'm not worried about the end of the battlefield so much as I am. They're swinging. They're coming in. They're going. There's going to be attacks repeatedly. So, and we really want the commanders to attack. So. Um. Yeah, there are a few other. You, you've got you've got a few other categories. Um, yeah. Removal feels very straightforward. Removal Not, is. I, yeah, it, I don't know if there's anything surprising in it. Um, um, is there anything that you want to highlight in there? Uh, I mean, Vrask is a little different, um, mm -hmm. but realistically, Vraska is only in there. To you know, destroy target non land permanent. Yeah, you lose you lose three loyalty. It goes down to two. Okay, well then you plus Vraska until you can do the minus three again. You're never looking to do the minus seven. That's just not something I'm even interested in with this deck. It's you're just it's just there to destroy the permanents. Um, the one I haven't run in any deck is Mortality Spear, mm. uh, and I'm looking forward to trying this one out. Um, it hasn't come up in the games that I've played so far, but I mean the spell costs two less to cast if you gain life this turn, and there's enough life gain effects in the deck that I, I could I could gain the two life. Uh, yeah, you've got your your turn. food token from the gingerbread. Got the food token. I've got Guillaume. There's uh, there are a couple other you know minor life yeah. gain options, so it can it can work. I mean realistically though, four mana destroy target non land permanent. I'll at take that speed. every time. Yeah. yeah, at instant speed. I'm going to take that. That's that's enough all by itself. So, um, um, the, bi the big category I want to talk about here yeah. is indestructible. Um, okay. You've got, you've got a variety of ways to do this. Yeah, uh, indestructible got, is maybe a misnomer. but I mean, you've got uh, Dark Steel Plate, which yeah. is an equipment that gives things indestructible. 
It's uh, yeah. three to play, two to equip. Dolmen Gate is uh, two for an artifact that says prevent all combat damage that would be uh, dealt to attacking creatures you control, which is when you want, you know, uh, Virtus to be indestructible. Uh, right. Or Gorm, and it for works, that matter. And it works for Gorm. Like, well, yeah. with Virtus, Virtus has death touch. So it right. just means, okay, if you can block Virtus, it means I'm killing your blocker, and Virtus isn't going anywhere. You're right. just preventing the... You're, you're slowing the inevitable. And for Gorm, it means you put two creatures, in, any two creatures in front of it, they're not going to kill Gorm. Um, and it goes that way. And it, it works with all of the lure effects as well. So if mm. all of the creatures are swinging at one, Dolmen Gate stuffs that. Uh, Gift of Doom, which... I'm I'm reading this card, I think, for the first time, and that's really cool. So you can play it as a morph. So for three mana, you can play it as a 2-2 two, two face down. Yeah. Uh, and then it's got its morph cost is sacrifice another creature, which yeah. you, unlike Fortell, uh, you can do on the same turn. Like, you don't have yeah. to wait for another turn. Right. Um, it says enchanted, uh, enchant creature. Enchanted creature has death touch and indestructible, which is nice. You can also do this at instant speed. Um, yeah. You can morph something at instant speed, um, and it's it's great. It says, as it is turned face up, you may attach it to a creature, which, yeah, I hope so. Um, right. I looked at this, and my thought initially was, well, that's great. I can put it on Virtus, and that way, if Virtus gets blocked, then it has indestructible. And then I'm like, no, dummy, you put it on Gorm, or put it on the creature with lure. Because now it has indestructible. Oh, by the way, it also has death touch. So now it's just it, it's doing what Gliss of the Trader does with allure. You're just yeah. It's one. You're one shotting a number of creatures. Um, I mean, what I that like doesn't have mass removal, but boy, oh boy, that doesn't hurt. Yeah. What I like about the morph being at instant speed too is that like uh, you can attack with Gorm Virtus and the morph, and then something blocks the morph, and then you can just kind of. Yeah. flip it and uh, do it that way so that it does take care of another blocker in terms of being yep. blocked or uh, in terms of being not blocking Virtus necessarily right um, and I will give uh, give credit to our friend Josh um, he played this in a game to great effect and uh, I, I remembered that so <laughs> Guardian Augmenter just seems sweet 2 and a green 2-2 two, two, Flash uh, commander creatures you control get plus two plus two, but more importantly, commander creatures you control have hexproof, which having two commanders makes this even more value. <laughs> um, yes, that that was that was the whole thing. Just the hexproof and the front and the flash that was enough for me. And then adding plus two plus two to both of them makes Gorm that much harder to kill. Virtus does a, a little bit of extra damage. Mm. Uh, you know, it's yo oh, yeah yeah. It gives the things that you want hexproof the most. That are most likely being targeted, uh, yeah. hexproof, and it doesn't go away as long as this creature's around. Like it, it's not right. just like a one-time effect. It is just now a static ability. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, you got Guillaume, which is fantastic if you've got food being made. Um, I mean, he makes his own food, and then you use that food to give target creature indestructible until end of turn, uh, which is you know. Great. Right. I mean, Guillaume is in here primarily because I have Guillaume <laughs> and wanted to play it. And I thought, oh, 
Sure. I'll probably, you know, there aren't a pile of creatures in here. It's not as though there, there's there's so many of them that I'm going to pile up on food here. But there are enough of them that I, my thought was, fine, I, I will, I'll have some food and be able to give my creatures indestructible every once in a while. Yeah. So. Um, you've got uh, Tamiyo's Safekeeping, which says... Target permanent you control gains hexproof and indestructible until end of turn you gain two life. Realistically, this is a one mana savior commander deal. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. Every once in a while, maybe you use it to protect your lure enchantment or something like that. But yeah, I mean, practically speaking, this is here to protect protect Virtus. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to lie, a lot of times someone will target Gorm because they've made a mistake. Because, no, Gorm is not the threat here. Um, but they'll target Gorm, and I won't play it. I'll let Gorm die. And then the next person thinks, well, if Gorm died, then clearly he doesn't have any way to stop stop me from going after his, his other commander. And then that's when Tamiyo's safekeeping comes out. And it just, I mean, it it's just a house. Uh, when, yeah. when your opponents really are threatened, fully expecting to see your commander die and it just doesn't it's like no full stop you, you you're not getting anything out of this oh by the way i'll gain two life just for kicks yeah so like that's that's pretty much the deck um are there any creatures or anything that you want to talk about that um, you haven't if anybody's actually looking at the list under there's a section there called creatures now it exists solely because I didn't have a good pl- good place to put like these are just random creatures I threw in, yeah. Um, because this is this is the the black and green deck that I have, and I decided I wanted some of these cards to go in there. I mean, vigor I think makes sense, um, just because you know when Gorm swings suddenly Gorm gets way bigger, um, because you know because he's got two creatures doing trying to do damage to him as opposed to just one, yeah. Um, the one that was that has been kind of a surprise for me and really shouldn't be is Gerard um, Golgari Lichlord. He just he wraps up the game. Um, a lot of times, once when Virtus gets your opponent down to ten or less life, suddenly swinging in with Virtus again isn't nearly as effective because right. you you know if, if an opponent has nine life, you swing with Virtus. Virtus brings them to eight. They lose half their life. They're down to four. Okay, and you know that's fine, but it's not nearly as as big as swinging for twenty or hitting for tw- or doing twenty, you know, losing twenty life. So um, I find that Gerard does a great job, sort of finishing the game off. Um, yeah, I mean, Gerard, you sack a creature, and all of your opponents are losing that life, not just one. Yeah, so it really does let you use Virtus and be like, no, no, don't worry. I'm never going to hit you again because I knocked you from 40 to 20. So you go after the next opponent, and by the time you get to that third opponent, there everybody is down in the teens. All it takes is uh, Gerard and maybe a, maybe a Vulturous Zombie or even some other creature that's, you know, even just Jeez. five. And if you had Marin out too, like, gross. Right. Right. So... The other cards can do work, um, but you know they're mostly just there because they're good stuff. Right. Um, yeah. 
Quiet a Spike is there when Virtus isn't. And no, I'm not going to equip Quiet a Spike to Virtus so I can have it happen twice. It's there, it's there to create Virtus out of some other creature that I have. So the other one which feels like kind of like a throw-in is Elbrus the Binding Blade. Equip creature gets plus one plus zero, and then equip creature deals combat damage to a player, unattached the blade, and then it transforms into a big a big demon. It's there because it says whenever when equipped creature deals combat damage to a player. And that's the whole point of Virtus. So if I can get Virtus to swing in with Elbrus, so if you're at 40, you lose two life because Elbrus gives Virtus plus one. So you're down to 38. Virtus then does his ability. You lose half of that. You're 19. So you're down to 19 life. Oh, and by the way, I've just dealt damage to you. Elbrus flips and becomes Withengar Unbound, a 13-13 Flying Intimidate Trample. <laughs> and then whenever a player loses the game, put 13 counters on Withengar Unbound. But I just thought, you know what, this is one of those decks where this card could actually work. Mm. Um, and so far, um, what it's done is protect Virtus, because I did actually hit once with Elbrus attached to Virtus. It created Withengar, and someone decided that Withengar was way worse than Virtus. And destroyed Withengar. And I said, thank you. And then I swung at someone else and took another 20 life off of them with, with Virtus. Very nice. So, um, one last one. Something that's not in the deck. And if you were looking to run Virtus, either with Gorm or without, um, it's something you want to consider. Anything that can give Virtus double strike is just going to be good. Virtus with double strike means Virtus hits the first time halves their life, the remaining life total. Then hits again and halves it again. So a person goes from 40 to 39 to 19 to 18 to 9. So you're taking somebody from 40 to 9 in a single swing with Virtus using anything with double strike attached to Virtus. That's just, that's just horrific. And if you go from 9 and do it again, well... 9 to, was it, to 8, to 4, to 3, to 1. I, I mean, that, mm. is, that is just nasty. It's part of the reason that I haven't put Double Strike in here. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of the same as doing it with Quietus Spike. It is, it is, and that's part of the reason why I don't put Quietus Spike on Virtus. Right. I don't, you know... I don't want my opponents to see Virtus and think, if I get hit even once, the game is just over. Because then no one's willing to risk even letting you get to combat. Whereas you want that, you want your opponents to sort of be out there. Especially when everybody's at a higher life total. Then everybody, it's amazing. People are willing to roll the dice. It's like, well, I'm one of three people. Odds are he won't swing at me because there are two other people. So I, I, I will take my chances with that. And that's great, but I don't, you know, it's a different story when I say that, okay, well, I'm going to take you down to nine while the rest of us are at 40. That's, that's, a, that's a harsh swing. So um, I haven't done it, but if you want to give it a shot, it's certainly out there. I still have yet to play against this deck, so I hope that, uh, I hope it's still together next time we play a game. I expect that it will be. Um, I I like I like where this deck is. I like where it's headed. I like knowing that like it wins often. Um, 
it's just so far so good. Maybe I'll hit silly. a maybe I'll hit a bad string, a bad mm. string of games. But for now, away we go. Yeah, um, we've got the the link in the description below, uh, and uh, if you have any questions about this, feel free to reach out to us. Yes. Um, if you've got any suggestions for additions, mm. feel free to reach out to us. Reach out to us. Put it in the comments. Uh, yes. If you are unaware, we also have YouTube now. We have YouTube. Uh, hey, hey. I've been uploading videos of these podcasts to YouTube for the past 17 or so episodes. Um, yeah. And I think they're pretty neat. They're pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So check us out there. Uh, share us with your friends. I think they think we... I think they would think... That we're pretty cool. Uh, they ought to. I don't know why they wouldn't. No idea. <laughs> um, but we'll be back next week with a cool episode. Cooler than this one. Which, this one's pretty cool. If I say it enough, maybe it'll be true. We have no idea what we will be back with next week. But it's going to be cool. Because we're Temple of False Pod. We're decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, have a cool, cool night. Play some magic for me. And may your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at FalsePodMTG. Bruce is at ManaBurned, and I'm at AndyWeekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!